Well, good morning. We're almost at the end of our Transform Life series. I think we're currently in week seven. Um, not to confuse you, but if you're reading along in the book, uh, we're in week six. And if you're a visitor here today, or perhaps you haven't been able to join us for the past few weeks, as a church, we've been going through this book of the same name, Transform Life, written by a guy called Dave Smith, who's a pastor of a church up in Peterborough, Kingsgate Church. And, um, and what the book does is it uh, helps us to explore the first three chapters of Ephesians. So we've been looking at Ephesians 1 to 3. Over the past few weeks, we've been looking at our, uh, our identity, looking at our sense of belonging, and we've been looking at our purpose too. And we're learning what it really means to live out or experience a transformed life. Now, I love the book of Ephesians. It's written by a guy called Paul in 61 AD, and it's during a time where Paul was in prison, and he was in prison in Rome, uh, uh, in prison for preaching about Jesus. And I find uh, Paul quite fascinating. Um, For most of you who don't know, um, I work for the prison service, and I've worked for the prison service for 12 years. So the whole idea of, of Paul being a prisoner, being in prison, uh, writing not just Ephesians, but three other letters uh, from jail, it, it, I find that really, really interesting. Um, prison is a time where you're robbed of your identity. You have no identity. You're, um, you're no longer a free citizen. You're, you're a prisoner. And you're not even to, like, referred to by like, your, your full name you're referred to by your surname. So if I can just pick on John here, just for example. Sorry, John, I haven't discussed this with you. But he wouldn't be called John. He wouldn't be called Mr. We wouldn't call him Dr. Hall. There'd be no, there'd be no uh, title in front of his name. He'd just be referred to as Hall, which is a bit strange, to be honest. Um, it's a place where you don't belong. You know, who here can say, yes, I belong in prison? It's a strange environment. Um, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no creature comforts, there's no sofas, there's no cushions, there's no you know, flat screen, 40-inch, uh, widescreen TVs. There's none of that at all. In fact, you're, you're quite often sharing a cell, which is about six foot by eight foot, with someone else. It's a cramped place to be. There's no, there's no space. Where do you put your belongings? On the floor. That's, that's the sad reality of it. And also in jail, you become a people with no purpose. In fact, actually, your, own, your one purpose is to serve your sentence. You do your crime, you do your time. And that is your purpose. So how are we as a church learning to live out a transformed life from someone like Paul, someone who's lost his identity, He's lost his, his sense of belonging anywhere, and he's lost his purpose because he's accepted Jesus into his life. And that's what's great about Ephesians, is that Paul, you know, despite his circumstances, despite being banged up, he's not phased by what's going on around him. You know, his, his identity is secure, he knows who he is, and he's confident of where he belongs. And what's great about the passage that we're going to read today is that Paul is absolutely 100% convinced about his purpose. He knows his calling. 
So today, this week's theme, we are looking at being gifted for service. Uh, part of that transformed life is outworking your faith or your gifts for others to see. You know, church, we can't live a transformed life without it being outworked amongst us in the church or in the community. And so I want to spend a short time this morning just looking at how gifted we are. And then I want to spend the rest uh, talking about service, serving in a church and a community context. So just to bring you up to scratch, over the past few weeks, looking at transformed life, we're learning how gifted we truly are. The fact that because of what Jesus has done for us, we are truly, truly gifted. And I love that about the worship this morning. It's all just focus on Jesus. He is our all in all. He's everything we need and so much more. So week one, Rob kicked us off looking at our identity. We have a brand new identity. We're part of a new family. We have a brand new purpose. All because of Jesus. Week two, we looked at how we are eternally blessed. How we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It's ours in Christ Jesus. Isn't that worth saying amen about? Week three, the fact that we can pray for revelation. We can pray with thanksgiving. We can pray for the Spirit's help. We have direct access to Father God. All because of Jesus. And how amazing is Jesus. Week four, we, are, we saw that we were alive for his purpose. We've been saved by grace. We've been rescued. Not only that, we've been raised up and we've been seated with Christ. Wow. And last week, Steve spoke about how we are belonging to his family. You know, we're fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's family, and we are part of God's temple. Man, all because of Jesus. How amazing is he? It's incredible. So church, we are truly gifted this morning. And none of it, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for Jesus. And Paul understood this. He understood you follow Jesus and you be transformed. And I really, really hope that over the last few weeks, this, uh, this Transformed Life series and the book of Ephesians has been transforming your life just as much as it's been transforming mine. So on that note, if you have your Bibles with you, can you turn to the book of Ephesians? We're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 3. And we're reading verse 1 to 13. If you haven't got your Bibles with you, the scripture's on the, on the, uh, on the screen above me. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not, God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his Spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. 
And this is the plan. Before Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally uh, in the riches inherited by God's children, both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain everyone, to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here, because I'm suffering for you. So you should feel honoured. I'm going to pray. Father God, we just thank you for your presence with us this morning. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. He is the greatest gift of all. He is a gift that is just too wonderful for words. He is indescribable. And he has done so much for us. Lord, I just want to pray this morning. Pray, just come and have your way. Lord, come and minister to us. Come and speak to us through your word. Come and impact us. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us here this morning will not leave unchanged, but we'll all be just so just overwhelmed with your love and impacted by your word this morning. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Amen. So right from the very start, Paul's inviting us to know that what God has revealed to him. You know, it feels like, like, like testimony time. Um, being in jail, he obviously has a lot of time to think and take stock about what's going on, like his own spiritual journey. You know, he uses words like, when I think of all this, and as I briefly wrote earlier. You know, we don't tend to begin sentences like this unless we, you know, we're, we're having a time of like, Reflection, or we're, or we're pausing, or we're, we're thinking about you know our, our journey. And Paul shares that he's received insight from God into God's great plan, and he's clear about what part that God wants him to play. Ephesians three verse one says, he's, "I'm a prisoner for the sake of you Gentiles." And jumping to verse eight, he says that God graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Now, Paul is absolutely confident of his calling and his part to play in God's great plan. Which leads nicely on to my first point, is that God has a part for you to play. We're all called to share the gospel you know, collectively, as Christians, we all have that one purpose, don't we? You know, in, in the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, uh, it says that, uh, well, Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
But not everyone is called to evangelize or tell everybody about Jesus to, escape, to the same scale as Paul did. You know, as individuals, we all have a, a unique purpose as well. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. You know, God has given us a part to play in his great plan. So what is that part to play? It's to share about Jesus. It's to spread the gospel. But the hows, the whys, the ifs and the whens, they're all different. Now church, I want to ask you, do you believe, do you believe that you are gifted enough to have a part to play in God's great plan? Because we've heard it already, haven't we? We've sung about it so much today. Because of Jesus, what Jesus has done for us. Do we truly believe that we're gifted enough to have a part to play in God's great plan? Do you know your spiritual gifts? Because he's given each of us spiritual gifts, hasn't he? How are you using them? If you're not using them, what's holding you back? Church, I want to ask, do you count it as a privilege to serve God? Paul writes, he's been given this amazing privilege of sharing the good news. I want to ask you this morning, do you count it as a privilege to serve God? To share the good news? To share about Jesus? To share your testimony? To share about what God's done for you? Whether that be like today, yesterday, this week? You know, it was great this morning, we had a couple of testimonies. But don't we all have a testimony to share? Shouldn't that mic be inundated with people wanting to tell everyone about what Jesus has done for them? And I, I hold my hand up. I'm guilty as well. I didn't move from that seat. Man, I'm, I'm really challenged by this. I'm working and understanding our part to play. Church, I want to say, if you don't know what your part to play is, in God's great plan. Let's pray afterwards. We're going to have a time of prayer afterwards. Second point is that God has a people for you to reach. Ephesians 3, verse 8 to 9. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. You know, Paul is absolutely clear about the people that God called him to reach. You know, in the previous verse, we hear about his part to play, and now it's clear about the people that he's reaching. And it's the Gentiles. And again, we see him counting it as a privilege. You know, we all have a people to reach. Each and every one of us has a God-given group of people for us to reach. You know, as I said earlier, I work for the prison service. My people to reach are prisoners. They're the ones in society that have 
I guess they're kind of just sort of locked away. They're called like the bottom of the barrel. They're despised. They're the ones, they're the broken ones that I work with. But I'm really challenged. Do I count it as a privilege to work with them? On a Monday morning, probably not. But I'm really challenged by that. You know, we've got teachers here this morning. Teachers, you reach out to children. Do you count it as a privilege to teach them? Same again. Tonight, Sunday evening, are you looking forward to uh, tomorrow morning and what's in store for you? Do you count it as a privilege? I mean, they're the future generation, aren't they? Nurses, sick people, do you count it as a privilege to work with those who are sick, to those who are in need? Anybody working in retail and customer services can deal with some pretty difficult customers. Do you count it as a privilege to serve them, even when they're being argumentative? You know, whether we're in work, church, life group, family, friends, other school gates, church, whatever situation you find yourself in, there's always people to reach. We've got people to reach. So how do we find out what people that God wants us to reach? Well, the book's very clear about this. It refers to it as revelation, consultation, and experimentation. Or, quite simply, listen, talk, and do. Revelation, it's listening to God, isn't it? What is God saying to you? What's he speaking to you about? Consultation, or the talking... Talk with others. People are great. Talk with them. If you're not clear about what God's speaking to you about, share it with, share it with each other. And the experimentation, the do, the trial and error. This is, uh, this is probably my favorite, actually. Just roll your sleeves up and get stuck in. You know, everybody has a people to reach. Church, I want to say to you, I want to challenge you. Who are your people to reach? If you're struggling, if you're struggling to find out, come and pray with us afterwards. Come up to the front or pray with somebody you know. Next point I want to say is that God has a place for you to serve. Ephesians 3, verse 10 to 11. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, there's two places for us to serve. And that's the church, that's each other, and that's the community. You know, each and every one of us has a God-given place for us to serve in. We've got a specific ministry area. And God chooses us as his church to display his love. And the best way to display that love is to put our faith into action. Serving one another and serving our community. So it's at this point right here, 
I'm going to invite Steve to come up. And if you've been asked by Steve to come and share briefly from your, uh, from your ministry area or from your serving group, I'd like you to invite you to come up to the front now. I'm just going to hand over to Steve. Brilliant. Thank you. Wonderful. Baldwin was just highlighting the need for an AV team. Okay. But um, as, as Kieran said, it is a mighty privilege to serve both the community and the people of God. And one of the ways we can serve each other is on a Sunday morning. And we just thought it'd be really fun to get all the uh, team leaders who uh, help put this, uh, the, the mornings together just to be able to share for exactly 60 seconds um, or thereabouts. We'll see, you can count. Um, to, to envision you to say why it's such a privilege to serve in this particular area. Claire, do you want to go first? <laughs> Set your stopwatch. We were all created to worship, weren't we? If we're not worshipping God, we're worshipping something else. And it is such a privilege to worship our Heavenly Father. Um, and corporate sung worship, when we get together as a family, is also a really powerful thing. It's a powerful declaration to the world, but it's also a huge encouragement to us. And um, being involved in the team that facilitates our song worship on a Sunday morning is an amazing thing. So each team you see up here on a Sunday morning has worked really hard behind the scenes. The worship leader has spent time in prayer and preparing what songs they feel God has laid on their heart. And then the team gets together and practices one evening, they share with one another, they pray with each other, and once a time, the whole team gets together um, for fellowship and support. So there's a lot that goes on that you don't see. Um, obviously, a certain level of musical proficiency is required, but actually what we're after is character. It's not about a performance when you get up on there on a Sunday morning. It's not a show-off, look, this is what I can do. It's a being part of a team and we're looking for people with humble, teachable hearts that are happy to get involved and be part of a team and learn how to play as a band. Um, we also have opportunities, as you saw at Christmas, for other instruments that might not be part of a band on a Sunday morning um, and a larger choir like we did at Christmas, which was so wonderful that Rachel organised. Thank you. Um, so if you have a heart for worship and you'd like to play in a band, you play a band instrument or you sing, I would love to speak to you. Thank you. Wonderful. So that's the worship team. If God is stirring you, do go and speak to Claire. Abby. Hi, I'm here on behalf of Rachel because she's in kids. I'm just talking about the homeless team. Um, and I think that essentially God put the poor, it says in the Bible, the poor will always be with us. Um, and... Uh, that we are to love the poor. And I think one of the amazing ways that we can do that when the team goes up to London is in a practical way, um, through listening and talking and giving food and just showing them that someone values them. And I think by doing that, we are showing them something of God's love. Um, so if you want to be part of our amazing team, it would be absolutely brilliant to have you uh, just come and see what we're about and what we do and uh, it says in the Bible that uh, blessed are those who give and I think we give our time, we give our love and we give um, the gift of listening and I think as the more times we go up and the more times we meet the same people, 
the more times they are remembering us and we are remembering them. And I think that that, that says a lot. So, um, yes, it would be brilliant if you could either speak to me or Rachel uh, to be part of serving on that team. Um, the Connect team are the people who stand on the door on a, a Sunday morning to welcome you in. Um, and I think welcome is very important, particularly when new people come, so that they feel included in the church straight away. And we have a rotor. You only have to do one Sunday a month and turn up at 10 o'clock. Um, there's a few basic things, which I won't share now. But if anybody wants to join the team, you will be very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Carolyn and I serve on the uh, Kids' Church, um, which is in the sports hall and behind there. Um, there's about 40 kids each week come into Kids' Church, um, and it's a real privilege to teach them about God, uh, to see them grow each week, to learn more about God, to connect with Him, um, and to, to really grow. Um, so it's a load of fun. Um, they, they get, the kids get, get to create great friendships with each other, with God. Um, we do... Bible stories, um, prayer time, journal time, a lot of craft. It's, re it's real good fun, uh, and it's a, a real privilege to see them grow um, and, and develop each week. Um, there's a lot of, there's a, well, th three or four groups that we run. Um, so there's kids right down from the crash age up to 11. Um, you don't need any particular skills, or you don't have to be a teacher or great with kids. Um, just got to be uh, willing to serve and, and get stuck in, and uh, it's a really rewarding uh, area to serve. Okay, uh, we are audio video team uh, at the back. Uh, if you want to know what's going on in the morning, but you're actually in the background, so we're on there. Actually, challenging people here: if you are not doing anything or of those three, I mean, it's it's very easy. Uh, we there's plenty of time to train if you wanted to. Uh, we got Friday. We are. Uh, that is for just uh, coming here, practice, and that is setting up 15 minutes or 20 minutes, maybe. I like gadget, but the gadget doesn't like me, but I'm still on it. <laughs> so uh, it's not that difficult. I mean, it might, uh, it's scary sometimes. Uh, I just got into the old desk that we had, uh, trying to get used to it, and then we upgraded a very, very good one now. So. Uh, it's very easy now. Once it's set, and then it's just run, and we just had to just be there and make sure that uh, people uh, see what they needed to see and hear what they need to hear. So, thank you. I wasn't sure if Barney was going to mention youth, but since, since he didn't, here I am. <laughs> there is one other group of young people in the church aged from 11 to 18 who meet as their youth group. Most Sundays during this part of the service, we're here today so we can hear what Kieran has to say. But normally we would meet in the very nice upper room. I can now also boast about the lovely place we meet. And um, where there's 13 of us, well, 14 if you include me, there's soon to be five more added in September. So it is a growing and vibrant and amazing group to be with. I wouldn't even call it serving necessarily. It's just like being part of a very special group of people in the church and in extremely challenging, a, a fantastic place to grow as an adult as well as as a young person. And I would welcome anybody to come and talk to me about what it's like to uh, spend time with an amazing group of young people mm. on a Sunday. 
because we would all love to see more people sitting in my seat. Thank you. Wonderful. And I'm going to be Ed for a few moments because Ed can't be with us this morning. But he sent me this. Ed um, heads up the uh, setup team. Uh, making sure everything goes to plan on a Sunday morning, putting out the chairs, serving tea and coffee, uh, collecting the offering, serving the communion. We rely on the hard work of a small group who work tirelessly every Sunday to serve the rest of us. They are part of the team that gives the good first impression for people who walk through our doors. Uh, he's given me some, some stats, because Ed loves stats. 6,300 the number of chairs we put out and put away last year. 7,100, the number of cups of tea, coffee, and squash we are served. Uh, 265, the number of packs of biscuits served over last year. That's, if you're interested, three quarters of a biscuit for each person. Although Ed has mentioned some people are taking more than one. Okay, so the bottom line is anyone can serve on the welcome team. Young, old, male, female, tall, short, moustache or shaven. Uh, you don't need to have any specific skills. You don't need to be able to lift a chair or know how to make coffee. Uh, last week we had Shiloh helping to put out the chairs. If you don't know Shiloh, speak to Kieran. Um, if four-year-olds can find a way of serving, I'm sure you can too. All we ask is that you commit to being here one Sunday a month from 9.30 to 12.30 doesn't even need to be the same Sunday. Uh, if you know you're going to be here one week and aren't already serving in another group, we'd love to hear from you. So I think what we hear from all of these team leaders is it's a privilege to serve the people of God. Can we just applaud everyone who serves, not just the team leaders. Let's just thank you. We really do appreciate all that you do. And I know a massive percentage of the church already serve so willingly, so sacrificially and joyfully because it is a wonderful privilege, as Kieran said. So um, after, after we finished uh, today, do go up and see one of these team leaders if you just feel, you know what, I'd like to have a go. As Kieran said, that whole thing of talk, listen and do, experiment. You never know, you might find a dormant gift lying somewhere inside of you. Great, back to you. Cool, excellent. It is a real joy and a real privilege in serving God. Um, I know for myself, I've served on a number of uh, different teams, uh, not just in this church, but in a previous church. Um, I served on a welcome team. Now, I know on a couple of occasions, I've shared that I'm not particularly the most confident person. I'm quite shy. Uh, not very outspoken, I'm quite quiet despite what's going on today. Um, and my experience of welcome team in, the, in, the, um, in my previous church um, was kind of like the, the, the do, it was a trial and error. I kind of just rolled my sleeves up and got stuck in. Um, the person who headed up the welcome team kind of sold it to me. He was like, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Come along, meet new people, um, get to know them, get out of your comfort zone. And I thought, yeah, great, you know, why not? So gave it a go, you know, got to send a rotor, um, got my first Sunday morning, stood on the doors. Um, we gave these little notices out and some people walked up and I thought, brilliant, my first people. Um, and uh, I said, yeah, hello, good morning, welcome to church. Here's a notice of what's going on today. And they, they looked at me and they smiled. So I looked back at them and I smiled. 
And then they looked back at me, and they kept smiling, and I was like, oh dear, I'm actually going to have to make a conversation here. And so about 30 seconds of awkward silence went past, and I thought, what do I do? Can I, do I look at my watch? Can I, can I get my phone out, pretend I've got a text? You know, I looked behind, I looked behind me, I realised that I was blocking the entrance into church, so I moved to one side in the hope that they would just walk through. But they just stood there, staring at me, and I was like, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. So I looked, I looked at the sky, I, I don't know why, I don't know if I kind of expected God to provide this message in the clouds of, of something to talk about, but it was nothing there. It was just dark grey clouds. I thought... I can't talk about clouds, it's miserable. So I looked back at them. By this point, they were still looking at me, but they were confused, like, what's going on? And I, in the end, I, what I wanted to say to them was, please go in and grab a seat. And I ended up mumbling something about their feet. So I very quickly discovered that I was not called for, the, for a welcome team. But that's what's great about trial and error. There's no, there's no kind of sort of strict order with the, the listen, talk and do. You know, we don't have to wait for God to speak to us to then step up into like a ministry kind of area or a team. We can actually just roll our sleeves, get stuck in. And then when I discovered worship, um, didn't particularly have a great heart for worship, I'll be honest with you. Um, I really just wanted to play. Um, and I was an electric guitarist, so not a bassist at all. Um, that's where I, I first uh, started learning an electric guitar. Um, and yeah, I went up to the worship leader and I said, you know, I really want to help out. Um, can, I, can I come and play? And he said, well, actually, you know, we've, between all of us, we've got seven of us who, who play guitar. Um, can you, we haven't got a bassist, so if you're willing to pick up a bass and, and come along... Um, we'll, have you, we'll have you on a team. And it was all a bit strange. I was just like, yeah, I'm well up for that. So I bought myself a bass for about 50 quid, came along, played. And God took me on a journey with that because I wasn't very good. I was very loud. I was like, yeah, it's all about me. It's all about you know, how much noise I can make. And it wasn't. It's, it's not, obviously, it's not about that. It's about God. And so... Um, yeah, God took me on a, a crazy journey of learning how to become uh, sensitive, how to, um, how to become, actually, it's not about me, it's all about him. And it's been, it has been quite a journey over the years. But that's what's great about um, the whole consultation, experimentation, the listen, talk and do, is that there is, there is no strict, strict order. You can get stuck in. If God is speaking to you, just jump straight in. So, to conclude, um, Ephesians 3, verse 12, just finding, says this, Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Church, Jesus knew his part to play, and he knew his people to reach, and he knew his place to serve. And Jesus modelled the transformed life. Jesus is amazing. He is awesome. You know, to think about how Jesus would not only die for, for the sins of his own people, the Jews, but he'd also die for the sins of the Gentiles. He modelled 
the transformed life. And he had the right attitude. I mean, can you imagine on that Maundy Thursday, Jesus had shared the Last Supper with his disciples. And then he'd gone to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And then he'd been betrayed by Judas. And then the guards had come to, uh, to, to capture him. And he said, do you know what? I'm not really feeling this today, to be honest. I'm a bit tired, a bit weary. I'm not up for this. This is a massive sacrifice for me. I'm going to have to die. And die for people that I don't, I don't even that I don't know. Or sorry, die for people who don't know me. Or don't even like me. John 15 verse 13 says, The greatest love is shown is when people lay down their lives for their friends. Church, I want to ask you this morning, who are you laying your life down for? When it comes to serving, serving one another or serving our community, who are you laying your life down for? You know, church, we have been greatly served. Jesus has greatly served us. So we must too greatly serve. And God is on the move. He's on the move. And we've seen that this morning. The youth. The youth. Man, I'm just, I'm really encouraged by them. The fact that they're, they're going to have another five people added to their group next, next season, next September. And I've been really encouraged by the way that some of them are living their lives. I'm just looking at the time. I wonder if I can just highlight somebody to you. And I haven't spoken about him. Well, I haven't spoken to him, actually, so I don't know if he's going to be okay with this. But it's Nathan. Sorry to, <laughs> sorry to bring the limelight on you, Nathan, but... Nathan, right now, is living a transformed life. Guys, when he first got involved in worship, there was a lot of noise coming from that drum kit. <laughs> there was a lot of noise coming from his mouth. But it's okay, I can have that banter with him. But despite what's going on in his life, despite the uh, school, studies, GCSEs, or A-levels, sorry, I clearly don't know that well. Um, despite the injuries to his arm, was it last year he hurt his arm? The head, we've heard this morning, Michaela shared briefly about his health issues. Despite that, there is a boy that is rising up as a man of God. And he's completely sold out. And I'm really challenged by that. I'm challenged by Paul and I'm challenged by the youth. Church, how are we going to respond? Will you listen? Will you listen to what God's saying to you? Will you talk with others? Will you just roll your sleeves and get stuck in? You know, each ministry area, we've heard briefly now, each ministry area requires people with different skills. Some are God-given, but most are learned out of a heart that wants to serve. How will you respond? You know, not all of us are going to get the same revelation that Paul did. Some of us are going to be like Titus, where we just kind of tag along. 
and then we serve, and then we're eventually entrusted with a ministry. Church, are we going to respond this morning with total commitment? Because Jesus himself was totally committed to us. Are we going to make sacrifices for him? Because Jesus sacrificed everything for us. Church, I know that there are a number of us that are involved in serving teams and involved in ministries, and that's great. But I want to challenge you, can we serve more? Can we serve more? Because there's, there's clearly a need for it. Church, if you're not serving, serve. It's that simple. Whether it'll be once a month, no matter what it could be, you don't know. Just by stepping up and just serving once a month, you could be releasing somebody else into another ministry that God's given them. If you're serving once a month, do you have capacity to serve more? Can you serve twice a month? Do you need help this morning discovering your ministry? You know, if you serve, how could you serve more wholeheartedly? You know, church, we're here to make a difference in the world. So what difference do you think we as God's people are making to each other in our community? I just want to end with this. Ephesians 3, uh, sorry, Ephesians 3 verse 7. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Church, each and every one of us has a calling. We're here to be used by God. You know, we heard over the past few weeks just how wonderfully gifted we are. We are gifted. We are blessed to serve. You know, we've heard we've got a part to play. We've got people to reach and we've got a place to serve. I'd like to invite the band back up. I just want to challenge you this morning. Guys, as we go back into worship, as we have a time of prayer and we have the prayer ministry team up, discover your part to play. Discover the people for you to reach. And guys, discover your place in the church to serve. Because we have been greatly served. We owe everything to Jesus. He is awesome. He is wonderful. He is great. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for your wonderful sacrifice on the cross. Jesus, you paid such a great cost for us. Lord, you gave up your lives for us. And you haven't left us alone. You are here right now by your Spirit. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us this morning. Lord, just pray, continue to speak to us. Challenge us. Let us be challenged by you. Lord, you are 
You are the servant of servants. You are, you are awesome, Jesus. Yes. Amen.